Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, Katerina Castua. Katerina, you are an executive coach. Uh, you are uh, found on the web at theleaderpath.com. Katerina, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jos. So Katerina, uh, high level, uh, explain what The Leader Path is. We coach leaders and teams for impact and fulfillment. And we do that by working in two pillars. One is clarity where I am, where I want to be, how do I get there? Mm. And the second is leadership. And a lot of leading your team, leading your peers, leading upwards, investors, if you have, this is what we do. And and how do you typically facilitate that? Like how, what what resources have you developed? You know, what, how, how do you work as, as a consultant? Yes, it's one-to-one executive coaching, team coaching, and I've recently launched, launched the book, uh, Hold Successful Meetings, which is part of the Penguin Expert series. Mm-hmm. And also there is a, a course in the same uh, theme as well. All right, Katerina, I got, it, I got a staff meeting, all our account managers next week, Monday. Tell me how I can be doing this a little bit better. <laughs> I love this question because so many of us, suffer through ineffective meetings, sometimes boring meetings, frustrating meetings. So I will give you some high-level tips. As as you can understand, I've written a whole book on the topic. The book is called Hold Successful Meetings. I I can share some tips and get your uh, more questions. The number one mistake most people make is they're not clear what's the desired outcome of the meeting. They, you have this on Monday potentially, and sometimes you, a lot of leaders don't even know why they have this just in case. And they're trying before the meeting, trying to figure out what's the reason or what are the agenda items. I would say be very clear. And the way I've made this easier for leaders to remember and organize, I call it the 4D meeting framework. Mm-hmm. And I say there are four steps to solving any problem. You define the problem, you develop ideas. You decide and do. Define, develop, decide, and do. These are steps to solve a problem. And it can be the outcomes in your meetings. You can have one of these outcomes or more than one of those outcomes. And you can have it in specific sections. So a lot of the chaos in meetings is that you, as the leader, Josh, you might be trying to make some decisions there. Mm. But you will have someone generating ideas all the time. Someone else doesn't really understand the problem and why you're having the discussion in the first place. Everyone is in a different part of this process, the biggest, easiest tip I give is be clear on the outcome. And if you can use the four Ds and and have clear sections in your meeting, now we're defining the problem. Now we're developing the solutions. Now we're deciding and now we're Mm. planning for implementation. It will help avoid a lot of the chaos. I like this. So the idea then is that, um, you know, we want to have very defined sections 
of, of the meeting. Right. And, and um, I would imagine then, you know, kind of being able to spell it all out. Like, I feel like when I go into a meeting, if I know where we're going like that, I feel like that that gives me some clarity. Um, if I say, well, um, we're going to talk about the problem. We're going to, you know, maybe throw out some solutions for the problem. And then we're going to talk about implementation and then we're going to delegate and, you know, kind of come up with a plan, something like that. So are you talking about, you know, kind of, you know, having a rough outline um, before you go into a meeting or, or what should we be doing like way in advance of that meeting? The more prepared you are, the more successful the meeting will be. But also I've seen leaders, I was observing uh, the meeting of a team and the leader had the agenda in her mind, but she never communicated it. And what mm -hmm. happened is that the, the team, because they didn't know all the items on the agenda, they, they spent all their time in the first topic. Because un un unless you give them the roadmap, that's what usually happens. But I would say if your meeting is virtual, I don't know, Joseph, you have virtual meetings with your team. <laughs> I encourage leaders to actually maybe break it down. Sometimes it, I, I usually break down and develop ideas meeting that I can have a bigger group. Everybody contributes ideas. And then maybe for the decision, I have a smaller group or even you don't even need a meeting. Maybe you make the decision. So I would say that in the digital world, we can even have smaller meetings breaking down the outcomes. And that way, what's the benefit of that? You don't mix divergent thinking and convergent thinking. Because mm -hmm. all the research has shown that if you're trying to develop ideas and at the same time, you're trying to make a decision, judge the ideas, you become a lot less creative, a lot less innovative. So either you have different sections, especially when you're divergent or convergent in your thinking, or you actually have different meetings. If um, Help me with this. Um, let's say that there's something where a decision needs to be made. I, I'm curious about, um, you know, whether decisions should be made in a democratic fashion or you know do you is is it proper for a ceo or an executive level leader to make an executive level decision after weighing all the input um like how do we strike that balance of you know of sharing control versus at some point the leader needs to say listen i've heard a lot of you say that you want this here, here's, you know, and, and maybe even take an alternate view from the majority um, with justification. Um, can you, can you talk about that, that balance between, you know, kind of that executive versus committee leadership? Yes. So there are three ways to make a decision. One is consensus. We all have to agree. And the second is majority rule. Let's put it on a vote and the majority wins. And the third one is there is a clear decision maker. This could be the leader. Sometimes the leader can delegate the decision, can say, we'll have a discussion on this. And after half an hour, if we haven't reached a consensus, Maria will make the decision. Mm. You can actually, having a clear decision maker doesn't always mean the leader needs to make the decision. It means someone will make, has the responsibility to make the decision. Each one of the three methods has pros and cons. And I would say you don't, need to always have one. And consensus obviously is has the benefit that everyone agrees and there's less sabotaging the decision, but it's hugely uh, cost cost it costs a lot of money because you spend a lot of time. And you only need consensus really if it's a huge loss if you get it wrong. Like a jury needs to have consensus. You don't want to send an innocent person to jail. Like in the business consensus, it could be some businesses will have consensus 
if there is a, to to buy a company, like a huge decision that making it wrong. And even that, some businesses will not go for consensus. Majority role has the benefits of it's fast, but there are risks. It has a lot of politics. You're trying to get votes, maybe before the meeting. Maybe you have an unhappy minority that they didn't vote for the decision. And of course, the consultative decision-making has pros and cons too. The big benefit is you have a clear owner. What I would say is, I don't say one is better than the other. It, there are pros and cons. One thing to bear in mind is the, the culture. The US culture, for example, uh, and you can read this in the book, The Culture Map by Erin Mayer. It's one of my favorite books. And I use it a lot when I read when I wrote my book. Is not hierarchical, but it has a very top-down decision-making. Josh, I was at Google for eight years, and it was very clear that the, the guidance we have working for an American company was there needs to be a clear decision maker. And Google and Amazon and companies like this hate consensus. Mm. And they are, <laughs> you know, we know from Amazon, they have this disagree and commit. You don't want people to agree, but you want them to commit to the decision. What has this done for Google and Amazon? They move fast. They innovate fast. They, they break things. They may make mistakes, but at least they have quick decision making. On the other hand, you have other cultures, Germany, Sweden, Japan, that could be even more top, uh, more hierarchical, but they're very into consensus. So when I'm coaching teams, I'm very aware if you have a multinational team, people have different preferences and different expectations. And that's something to, to bear in mind. What I would say is whatever process you choose, be clear from the beginning. For you, Joe, if you are to make a decision, Say it from the beginning, I will consult everyone and I will make a decision because you don't want people mm. to think they have a vote when they don't. Yeah. People are mature enough. They'll be okay as long as they're clear what the process is. I, I like that. Um, you know, and and sometimes what's a, what's an effective way? Um, let's say you have... Um, you have to, you have to let people know, mm, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so like, maybe it might be a department that's advocating for something, but, you know, again, as the executive or the CEO, we, we have a different perspective. We're trying to look holistically at the whole company and, and you have to let, you know, that, that manager, or that department know, sorry, um, here, here's why I don't want to do that. So, you're, you're as a leader, you know that you're going to have to levy some disappointment. Like, any, any tips on that? Yes. What I would say for that is A, you need to hear them first. People are more willing to accept your decision if they feel heard. I think a lot of the problem is that they they don't feel they had a chance to contribute and influence. If they they feel they had the chance, you really listen to them and you made a different decision. People are more they consider the process more fair, and especially if you if you explain how you reached that decision and a fair process. Again, there's some research on this. People accept decisions when they think there was a fair process, and fair process is a transparent process. It doesn't mean the decision needs to be what they thought it would be. It means that they know what happened, how this decision was made. It's not a, such a black box. So giving them airtime and listening to them, explaining how you reached your decision, and third, ask for that commitment, Joes. The last thing you want is them going to their teams and saying, I don't agree with this, but hey, the mm. boss decided this. You don't want them to sabotage the decision. Mm, mm, you mm, need that commitment, mm. disagree and commit before they leave that uh, meeting. Yeah. 
it, so yeah, yeah, I can, Im- I can imagine that would be a little bit, <laughs> that's kind of poisonous. Um, if you have people <laughs> exiting the meeting, like, uh, you know, because th- now you've got like dissension that's, um, that, but that's tough. You know, it's, you you almost always, I, I think you're going to have, you know, uh, differences of opinion, right? Because that, and that's yes. what makes us unique. Everyone's bringing their own personality, their own experience. And sometimes, you know, you just have to make tough decisions. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I like that, um, you know, taking time to make sure that everyone feels heard. And, and I can tell you that, you know, in the meetings that, that we've had as an organization, when I've not done that, because I uh, let me give you an example of, of kind of where I, I'd say I, I, I didn't do this very effectively. I came into a meeting and, and I'll be frank with you, Katarina, I had I just needed to do a brain dump. Right. Because I had yeah. been spending three weeks kind of obsessing on this product launch that I want to do. And so I've been studying and talking to experts. And like, I just had so much information uh, that, you know, of a 60 minute meeting, I I, I pretty much, here's where I screwed up, right? I I pretty much just spent 45 minutes doing 90% of the talking, (laughs) you know, where I was just like, I just have to like dump all this stuff out. But I think the problem is, is, I didn't let them know that in advance. It just kind of came out. And so as a result, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I know one of my employees just, I, I could tell they just kind of shut down, you know, <laughs> like, okay, well, guess I don't have anything to offer here <laughs> when I was trying. So like w- leaders make mistakes all the time, but I think the important thing is that we constantly, you know, we learn from those around us and 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 we adapt and, and we get better at that. And I actually got a compliment from that employee this past Monday <laughs> that uh, they liked, they liked how I, I paused a lot. Um, oh, especially I saw you did a post on this, right? Of more introverted employees. Um, yes. Can you talk about that, about personality types, particularly those that might not feel comfortable jumping in? Like how as leaders, can we make sure that we do a better job involving everybody? I love this question. My, my mentor, when I was interviewing people about the meetings, one of the co- quotes that really struck with me, I interviewed Peter Hawkins. He's a world leader in team coaching. He said, a successful meeting is a meeting, the more you use the brain power of the participants, the more time you use it, that's the metric of a successful meeting. Meeting, And that stayed with me. And I've done this. I, I was just presenting in a group, Josh, and I, and I was thinking, how can I make this more participatory when the, the forum is I'm supposed to be speaking to them? So we always have this challenge as the leader or the person bringing the content. That said, how do you help people participate? Because you want their ideas. Otherwise, why would you have a synchronous communication like a meeting? I would say in virtual meetings, I would say it's even easier because you can use the chat room, invite people. Even Mm -hmm. the introverted may may feel a lot more comfortable writing the chat room, ask a question, ask people to write in the chat room, launch a poll do breakout rooms, which is so much easier now. Sometimes you, you, I bring people back and if there's very shy people, I will say, share the opinion of your couple that you went with a breakout rather than sharing their opinion. So I make it a lot easier because I give them different ways to participate and I make it in smaller groups. But also knowing that introverted people, apart from the shyness or the, they take more time to process the data 
and more time to come up with ideas. So how do you actually get their brilliant ideas? Because some, I have some uh, co-workers that are introverted, but they are the most brilliant people I know. Yeah. So you may want to say after the meeting that they can send you ideas via email afterwards because it might occur to them after the meeting, a great idea. Or you might want to share the information in advance, a couple of days in advance, so they don't have to process the data in the meeting. So these are some Great. tips I would share to to bring the brilliance of the introverted people into the room. You know what I find as well with my more introverted team members is usually again they're not offering as much perhaps, but I find that usually their comments are very thoughtful. So I, I think in the case of one dynamic where I tend to be all gas uh, and they tend to be the brakes. <laughs> And the thing is, like, you got to have, you need those folks that they can say, whoa, 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 I know that sounds real exciting, but let me tell you about all the things that I I would worry about, right? And so you need that. Like, you need those folks looking out for, you know, where where could this go sideways? Um, my last question I wanted to ask you about, Katerina, um, is as a leader, how can, um, how do we encourage, um, you know, uh, criticism, right? So let's say, for example, um, someone really, um, like, we don't want to work in an environment where people are afraid. We don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of yes men and women, right? We, we want people to say if they have a concern, or if they have something that might be, you know, contrarian or, or even critical, we want that. Um, you know, hopefully that's delivered in, in a way that's not going to be too shattering to our egos, <laughs> yes. but, but help me um, with some ideas on, on how we can make sure that, that we have um, a, a better environment for um, a variety of ideas. And, and even those that run contrary to my big idea. The first thing I would say is reward when someone brings a contrarian idea. Mm. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we are so tempted, so excited, so we want to move bias to action. And when someone brings the contrarian idea, we may shut it down inadvertently. But if we do, the other people are observing what happened. So the first thing I would say is the moment someone shares a contrarian idea, say, thank you for bringing that different perspective. Is anybody else sharing that? Then when I work with teams that they don't have enough productive conflict, I want productive conflict for the decisions. You, you can do different things. I will share two tools with our listeners. One is the blind balance sheet. That is, if you have two or three ideas, you have everyone share the pros and cons. So you're doing a balance sheet on the ideas without sharing where, where they stand. So you're just doing a balance sheet on the ideas if you have to choose more than two. So with that way, people don't have to say what their opinion is, but they can share all the information, all the pros or the cons. So, so that's a, a nice way without any conflict, you bring all the information in the room, all the opinions, all the concerns. And the second tool I would like to share with our listeners is called pre-mortem, right? You're almost there making the decision and you just ask the question, we're a year from that now, we made this decision and it is a disaster what has happened to lead us there. And that way you create the forum for people to actually share any concerns they might have before you commit to the decision. 
Yeah, excellent. Katerina, your website is theleaderpath.com. Yes. And um, you have a course um, about how to hold successful meetings. Can you tell me a little bit about that? And I think you have a gift. I do, I do. And I, <laughs> I wanted to give away for the first time. I haven't done this before, Joss. I was inspired uh, by your podcast. And I wanted to give the course away for free. On, it's on my website. You just need to type thoughtful from thoughtful, just the word thoughtful on the checkout. Mm. Just to tell a little bit about the course, it is based on my book, Hold Successful Meetings. It has uh, short videos around how to make decisions, how to have productive conflict, how to ideate in a group, how to build psychological safety, inclusion, how to start the meetings, how to prepare the meetings, how to finish the meetings, how to do good in virtual meetings. It covers everything. I, I spent years building that knowledge. This course has a lot of uh, the knowledge. It has worksheets. It has the interviews I did during uh, my, the research from my book. The the I'm selling this course. It's um, five, five, in, in dollars, it's $550. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will see the price in pounds in, in my website. And uh, I wanted to, to give it away uh, to your audience for free with writing thoughtful in the checkout. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, good deal. Again, the website for that is theleaderpath.com. You hover over programs and you'll see the uh, link for hold successful meetings and then click on the yellow enroll button. And then again, just use the coupon code thoughtful on checkout, I guess, somewhere. Uh, you'll get that. Uh, oh yeah, look at that. Have a coupon code. There it is right there. Yes. That's where you enter it. Fantastic. Well, Katarina, very generous of you. Thank you so much for that. Katarina Castula. And again, your website, theleaderpath.com. Thank you, Katarina. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, 
That's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.